0: hello everyone I am Matt Williamson thank you for stopping back and getting a lot of great feedback on these as well as my articles The last article in particular you guys loved awesome uh, open for ideas for this week if you want me to take a certain angle um, also please check out my other pod peacock and Williamson we cover the whole league every week um so gotta throw you guys a little curveball here when I talked yesterday first of all I'm recording this Monday so you're gonna be hearing it Tuesday at the most likely. So, there's so much more to talk about about yesterday's game. But, as in typical NFL fashion, like Belichick says, I mean, it's on the next team. You know, I mean, I'm, I've been digging into Steelers Brown. He's heavy already. So, I'm going to start previewing that game for you. And here we go. Um, remember all my stat pack from last week? Well, I'm building that as we speak. And I think there's a lot here you guys are going interested to be interested to learn about. So, Steelers won both meetings against Cleveland last year by a total of 17 points. Pittsburgh ran 148 plays in those in those two games compared to just 125 by Cleveland. Pittsburgh possessed the football for over 66 minutes compared to about 53 minutes for the Browns. The Brownies produced 4.3 yards per play against 5 or 4.5 for the Steelers. Third down efficiency was a big problem for both teams and the Steelers converted 9 of 31 against eight of 27 for the Cleveland Browns. So a lot of that same sort of stuff, I think, applies here. Um, Six of the Browns' eight wins last year came at home, but they did lose in Cleveland last week in a game in which they were leading on the scoreboard by 13 points with under two minutes remaining in the game. Folks, this is mind-boggling. Since 2000, teams winning by exactly 13 points, which happens all the time, with between a minute and a half and two minutes remaining on the clock, had a 201 and zero record. 201 wins, zero losses before this collapse by the Brownies. Um, Pittsburgh and the Browns each won in week one and then lost in last week. Steelers have scored as many points as they've allowed this year, and Cleveland has scored just one more point than they have given up thus far. It's very even teams, really. Uh, The Browns' offense is producing 5.5 yards per play. Pittsburgh's offense is at 4.3. Again, I'm recording this Monday, so there's four teams to play tonight, but I'm pretty certain that the Bills aren't going to fall below this or any of the teams tonight. The only team in the league producing fewer yards per play than Pittsburgh right now is the Texans at 4.2, so they're 31st. Defensively, though, Steelers defense is giving up 5.1 yards per play while the Browns defense is giving up 5.7. So there you go. Um, In week one, Steelers offense ran 61 plays and of those 61 snaps, 14 resulted in a first down or touchdown. Actually, let me skip this because I I, I lay it all out here. Gets a little confusing. Too many numbers. I know I can boggle you guys a little bit. So here's the result of the work I did on that. So. The Steelers offense is producing a first down or touchdown on 26% of their snaps. And allowed that and, and, and the defense is allowing 34%. Conversely, Cleveland's offense is converting in this metric 42% of the time as opposed to 26% for the Steelers. And their defense is allowing 35% first down touchdown conversion rate. One of my new little pet, pet pet projects here is digging into what percentage of your offensive snaps end up in a first down or touchdown. Because as I tell you guys all the time, getting to third down in the NFL is terrible. Getting to first down as often as possible or in the end zone, of course, is tremendous. And just over a quarter of the Steelers' offensive snaps are turning into first downs or touchdowns. Very, very low. Again, Cleveland's offense is at forty-two percent, and they're not exactly a juggernaut. Um, Mitch Trubisky is now thirty and twenty-two as an NFL starting quarterback. Jacoby Brissett is fourteen and twenty-four. Brissett's been in the been in the league one year longer than Trubisky. Um, Steelers' defense has seven sacks so far. Cleveland's has six. The Browns quarterbacks, though, have been sacked just twice. Trubisky's been sacked four times. I'm a big believer in sack ratio as well, especially in a bigger picture. Um, I'll be back in a minute. We are going to talk a little bit more in depth about when the Steelers have the football, which hasn't gone so well for the, uh, the Stullers. Last year, in his rookie year, Najee racked up 279 rushing yards against the Browns, including 188 on the ground in their most recent meeting, last time they battled. In those those games, the Steelers ran the ball 63 times, and 54 of those carries were by Harris. I know that sounds like a million years ago, but it really isn't. Um, Last week, Harris was on the field for 42 snaps compared to 17 for Jalen Warren. Starting to really dig into snap counts, too, right now. Through two games, they really have a two to one ratio, which I don't think is an accident. Harris playing 79 snaps, 50 or 40 for Warren. Um, this one's frightening here. Harris has gained 10 yards before contact on his 25 carries in 2022. 10 yards of it is he's gotten it before contact compared to 62 yards after first contact. Yuck. Uh, In week one, the Browns held Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers running backs to 41 rushing yards on 13 carries. It's pretty good against McCaffrey. Last week, the Jets took a similar approach and only rushed the combination of Brees Hall and Michael Carter, a really good pairing in my opinion, 14 times for just 73 yards. Why aren't teams feeding their feature back against the Browns? Kind of counterintuitive to what I just said the Steelers did last year with Najee. Why I brought up. Uh, Last year, you know... Deontay Johnson caught 14 passes against the Browns in 2021. Friar caught nine. In week one, Johnson and Friar were targeted 10 and, or 12 and 10 times, respectively, for a combined 59% target share. Huge. Steelers offense played 59 snaps on Sunday. Chase Claypool was on for 54 of those 59 plays. Johnson for 51 and Pickens for 50. All three wide receivers ran at least 30 pass routes on the Steelers, 38 pass plays. So these guys are always on the field and they're playing a lot, as they should. They're three really good players. But this is what makes you nuts. Pickens was targeted three times and has one catch in both of his NFL games. Three targets, three targets, one catch, one catch. Tight end distribution, I think, is really interesting. Fryermuth had 48 snaps compared to 20 by Gentry. Through two games, Friarmouth has been on the field for 104 of a possible 122 snaps, compared to just 39 snaps by Gentry. Friarmouth also has a back-to-back games with 23% target share, which is a really high number for a tight end. So I've talked about this a few times. If you go back to like the middle of last year, Friarmouth's usage is right up there. It's not Kelsey land, but it's really high in the in the NFL spectrum for tight ends. Um, mentioned Claypool being used a lot. He played 92% of the snaps in the first game and has only missed 10 snaps all year. So the three receivers, I mean, he's a, a starter. He plays every snap of 10 this year. Um, here we go. Steelers or the Browns linebackers. A pair of the, I think you need to learn about younger guys, active dudes. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora and Anthony Walker have dominated the Browns linebacker snaps this year. JOK's got 100 snaps. Walker has 89. They've been flying around the football. No other true linebacker, second-level player for them has played more than 47 snaps, which tells us they're a nickel team. You know, you're going to see a lot of two active, speedy linebackers on the field together, not a third guy very often. This one I just tweeted out, and I'm sure a lot of you already saw it already, and it's a little scary. Mitch Trubisky's attempted 71 passes in a Steeler uniform. Small sample size, first two games. Okay. Only 10 of those passes have traveled over 20 yards. And this is what's worse, is 15 of the 71 have been at or behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, last week... 21 of Trubisky's 33 attempts were under 10 yards downfield. On the passes past 10 yards downfield against New England, Trubisky was 5 of 12 for 74 yards with an interception. And he averages just 5.1 yards per pass attempt for the year. I mean, that's the scariest of all of it. I mean, 5.1 every time you let the ball out of your hands. Not every completion. Really poor, obviously. And we'll talk more about this. This might even be what my article is. Is this Canada? Is this Trubisky? Is this no faith in the line? It sure looks a lot like Ben. I know that's what's on all your guys' minds. I tend to think it's all the above, of course. But frankly, I blame the line the least of all those things. The line's actually getting better. Chooks was really good in this game. I thought the guards played a lot better. I'm kind of getting off script here. But everyone wants to kill this O-line. I told you guys yesterday, baby steps, baby steps. And yesterday may have been a little even more than a baby step for the line. Again, I think we're shooting for below average here. I mean, it's not going to be, you know, superstars galore on the offensive line. But from where they were a couple weeks ago. And by the way, Chukes is good. I know none of you want to believe it, but Chukes is good. Uh, two more little nuggets here and we'll wrap this up. Um, Joe Flacco played very well. Last week, he threw for 307 yards against the Browns, with rookie Garrett Wilson accounting for 102 of those yardage. Eight different Jets caught a pass in week two. So it wasn't like he was just killing them with one receiver. They spread it around um, and was very effective, including his running backs, including his tight ends, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. Steelers have better weapons. Jets have really good weapons, but comparable. I mean, they're in the same neighborhood in terms of talent at the skill position players. You can feature a stud, which is Deontay to me, who's always open, as well as getting the others involved. The Jets just proved it. And Joe Flacco. If the Steelers can't as well, that's a little frightening. And wrap it up on a sour note, as is the case with this offense. Um, So the offense, I'm not talking about the team. The offense has produced 30 points in nine quarters of football. It's not a very good ratio. I mean, obviously, I mean, Two full games and basically an entire overtime. You've played nine quarters of football now. You only put up 30 points offensively. And that's with all the turnovers in week one and the sacks and putting them in good situations. Wasn't as many of those against New England. But, I mean, that's the bottom line. That's how you end the podcast today. 30 points, nine quarters. Ain't getting it done. So, all right, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk more about the other side of the ball preview in this game because it's any day now. I mean, I wish I could harp a little bit more on last week's game, which, you know, we did talk about a little, and I will write about. But that's not how the league works. we got to function as if we are in the building and get on the next week because that's how things roll around here. Over and out. See you.